to leak All your floors really squeak You live in a money pit Money pit If your basement needs a pump Or your place looks like a dump You live in a money pit Money pit Pick up the telephone Fix up your home sweet home I'm calling Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Call us at 888-MONEYPIT. We will help you turn your house from Money Pit to Castle in one phone call. It's all it takes. We are home improvement magicians. You see, you think it's difficult, you think it's challenging, you think it'll never get done, but if you call us, magically, <laughs> it will happen at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, we've got a busy show planned for you. First up, do you like roaring fires this time of year? I'm sure you do. We've got ideas, though, on how you can make a homemade fire starter that will make starting fires very simple. It's quick, it's easy, and it's cheap to make. We're going to show you how in just a bit. All right, Tom's getting crafty. And also ahead, <laughs> and also ahead, if you like the idea of fresh, locally grown produce but can't get it during the winter, why not try growing it on your own? We're going to have advice on how you can create your very own container garden inside your home this winter. Nothing says spring like having a garden in the winter. I know, it really does. Fresh fruit, lovely greenery. Why not start your own indoor garden? Start Just not near early. the fireplace. And speaking <laughs> of spring, green is more popular than ever these days. And in fact, green floor finishes are all the rage. And they are for some very good reasons. But there are some manufacturers that have actually been creating green finishes for generations. We're going to talk to an expert about the ingredients that make these finishes durable, beautiful, and healthy for both you and the environment. And also ahead this hour, as winter progresses across the country, so does the trail of corrosion and rust. That is why this hour we're giving away a liquid wrench sample pack that's got everything you need to keep things running smoothly at your home. It's worth about 20 bucks. Going to go out to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Let's get right to it. Leslie, who's first? All right. Now we've got Dan from Arkansas on the line. What can we do for you today? Uh, thanks so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. You, you guys are my only hope. <laughs> okay. And well, not even Obi-Wan Kenobi can help you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure, Dan. Uh, I've already tried Obi-Wan, and he can't help me either. Oh, pressure's <laughs> on. All right. What's going on? Hey, I built a house 20 years ago, and I decided to put in some French doors. I put three sets of them in. And over the years, every season, every winter and every spring, they either go up they go down and they rub at the top or rub at the bottom and i have tried i've reset them i've put wedges in them and i, d I don't know if i bought the wrong brand or huh. if it's a common problem with french doors what do you guys think well now how are you resetting these things because if you have this kind of problem it's usually in the jams themselves were the jams really well attached to the frame of the house they're, yes they're two by six two by six walls okay they were uh, double-studded mm -hmm. all the way around. And okay. back then, I, I built headers out of uh, two by two by tens instead of what they generally make them out of now. So I'm kind of old school the way I put that together. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's still moving. The doors are wood. Uh, yes, they are. Well, actually, they're wood, but they're in, in the frames are wood, but they're the metal type doors. So they're like a thermatrue door. 
Okay, so that's a very good door. So you can't adjust the door. Well, look, if it's a thermature door, you know it once fit. So obviously the problem is with the installation. I hate to tell you. Okay, you know, right. it, you're blaming me. I'm going to have to blame you <laughs> because they don't make them out of square when they come out of the factory, and that's what's happened. They've gotten and, and you know, listen, don't don't feel bad. Hanging a French door is probably the hardest door to hang. It's easy to hang when you only have one door that moves. And that's hard enough. But when you have two doors and they have to move together, that's pretty tricky. Um, but what's happening here is you're getting some swelling, clearly. And, you know, that's causing this seasonal uh, rubbing of the doors. And so what, what I would probably do is I would probably take all the trim off on the inside. And I would take a Sawzall and cut all of the fasteners that are holding that jam to the door and start again and rehang that whole thing. Okay. That's too simple. Well, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why you called us. But you know what? Wait, wait for warm weather, just in case okay. you get hung up. I, I will absolutely do that. Thank you, Thank <laughs> You're you guys so much. Good luck Thank with you. that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Cindy in Michigan, you've got a plumbing question. How can we help you today? I have a hot water heater. I've always had electric, and it needs to be replaced. I'm wondering, due to the fact that we have a lot of minerals in our water, would it be better for me to have gas or electric or tankless, or does it not make a difference? Well, it certainly doesn't make a difference in terms of the minerals, um, whether you have gas or electric. If you have the choice of glass or electric, I would always recommend that you go gas because it's going to be a less expensive way to uh, heat that water. Now, in terms of if you go tank versus tankless, there is some concern that if you have uh, very hard water, that with a tankless water heater, it can get clogged. But that said, you know, there are a wide variety of very simple water softeners out there that you can use, and many that don't require salt, that can be attached to the plumbing system essentially in series with that water heater and allow you to have a tankless water heater, which is the most efficient way of heating your water, and have one that's not going to clog up at the same time. Interesting. A uh, water softener that does not require salt? Yeah, there's one called Easy Water. Their website is easywater.com. And basically, the easiest way to understand the way it works is, you know, when you have two magnets, the positive sides repel and the opposites attract? Well, essentially what it does is it charges the minerals in the water so that they repel each other and they don't stick. The, basically, the, the hard water flows right through without sticking in anything. It's pretty interesting technology. And it's got great reviews and it works, seems to work pretty well. All right. Well, thanks for your information. You're welcome, Cindy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Randall in Alabama is dealing with a leaky storm shelter. Tell us about the situation. Well, I, I got a, I'm remodeling the house. It's about uh, 15 years old. When a guy built it, he built it out of blocks, but he didn't uh, seal the blocks. He just painted them. And now water is coming in, and uh, I need to stop the water. So the water's coming into the basement, Randall? Yes, it is. Coming into a storm shelter to the basement. And does it get much worse after you have a rainfall? Yes, it does. We had a big rainfall here the other day, and I had about three feet in there. Wow. wow. That's a lot That's of water. Lot. Now, not, not saying that my uh, sunk pump went out, so I replaced the sunk pump, but right. still I need to, I'm trying to seal the walls, too. Okay. So whenever you have rain, Randall, and it gets in, into a basement, and it gets much, much worse after a rainfall, we need to really look at not so much sealing the walls, but stopping the water at its source, which is going to be at the foundation perimeter. Now, does this building have a gutter system? Uh, yes, it does. 
And the downspouts, are they dropping water like mice do, like most do right at the corners of the foundation? Yes, it, yes, it does. Yeah, so those are like big hypodermic needles just shooting water into that basement. So you, you need to, first of all, make sure the gutter system is clean and free-flowing. Uh, make sure you got enough downspouts. You need one downspout for every 600 square feet of roof surface. And you want to extend those spouts out at least four to six feet from the foundation perimeter, farther if you can. And, you know, you can do this temporarily just to prove to yourself that it works. Just go get a, you know, a couple of eight-foot gutter uh, extensions and just run that pipe out. You know, it could look sloppy for a while, but you'll see that if you keep that water away from the foundation perimeter, that you will have no more water in your basement. That's the number one cause of flooding. Second to that, you look at the grading around the outside and make sure soil slopes away. But nine out of ten times, it's just the gutters. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, home improvement, home decor, home get me out of the house. I'm going crazy from the winter and it's only January question. <laughs> we are here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, if you're ready for a toasty fire to warm your house, we've got a cheap and easy idea for a homemade fire starter that you can create from stuff around your yard. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. And this hour, we're giving away a liquid wrench sample pack, which includes five and a half ounce versions of the six most popular liquid wrench sprays. It's kind of a must-have for your toolbox. This way, you'll have the right wrench for every job. The sample pack is worth 20 bucks. It's available nationwide at Lowe's and other major retailers, but it's going to go to one caller who reaches us with their home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's right. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to help you with your home improvement projects. And maybe you are feeling a little bit crafty this wintry weekend and you want to sit by the fire and work on a project. Well... Maybe you can't start that fire and you're thinking, what can I do to get my fire going inexpensively and creatively? Well, you can. You know, pine cones, they do dry out naturally when you leave them outdoors, but it takes a little bit of time. If you want to speed up the process of pine cone drying out, you can place your pine cone in the oven. You want to make sure, though, that there's no debris in them, no little pieces of dirt or grass or pine needles or anything. Make sure they're free of the debris, then lay them on a foil-covered cookie sheet, and you can bake them. I mean, not really because you're only putting them in a 200-degree oven for about an hour. But that's going to dry them out. And pine cones make fantastic fire starters. They really do when they're truly very dry. Start up very nicely and then will help catch your other logs on fire. And if you're feeling extra crafty, you can actually dip your pine cones in wax Take leftover candle stubs, do a little double pot boiler on your stove, use a pot that you're not going to reuse again, because let me tell you, you're never going to get the wax out of that. But you can melt down that wax and then dip the pine cone in there. This way, when you use your pine cone as a fire starter, the pieces that are covered in the wax will sort of release that nice fragrance into the air as it helps you get that beautiful fireplace going. It's truly an easy craft that even Tom can tackle this weekend. <laughs> I trust you. Yes, I can. And I certainly can enjoy the fire. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Who's next? 
Now we've got Nathan from Georgia on the line who's dealing with a window issue. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. My wife and I bought a 20-year-old house and moved in about three years ago. And it, even though it has double-pane windows, I don't think they're very efficient. Okay. Instead of replacing all the windows, I was thinking of possibly purchasing storm windows, the, the storm windows that used to be popular 30, 40 years ago. And I was wondering if that would be cost-effective. Um, certainly, it's less expensive than a total replacement window. But by the way, you can buy either exterior storm windows or interior storm windows. Both serve the same purpose of cutting back on drafts. And the interior ones would probably look better. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. And they could probably be a lot easier to install, too. In any case, they're going to be made to fit. They're custom-made. Right. They're pretty much all custom-made. You know, it's not the situation where custom means expensive. I mean, they're all custom-made, just, like, you know, just like replacement windows today. They're all custom-made. Well, they'd certainly be easier to install, that's for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Terry in Mississippi who's got a 1920s house and is looking to modernize the bath with River Rock. How can we help with the project? Well, I wanted to know if it was feasible. What do you use to hold it down? And do you grout it? <laughs> hmm, I've used River Rock on an exterior application. I did it in sort of a covered walkway up to a house in Florida. It's beautiful. Is your bath sort of... Um, like an open shower, does it have a spa-like feeling, or are we talking about a half bath off a kitchen? No, it, it's a full bath, but it's a very, very old house, and we're having the problem of um, not being able to use, like, ceramic tile or travertine or anything because it's so unlevel, and we've tried to level it, and the house is still sinking, evidently. Oh, um, so it's still moving. Yes, it's still moving after all of these years. Most old houses have uneven floors, and the solution to that is the same solution that they've been using for, you know, probably close to 100 years, and that's the mud floor, where you pour a um, thin layer of concrete about an inch thick. To it's even out called, the space. That's right, and it's a, it's a mud floor or a mortar floor, and that's reinforced with woven wire mesh, which helps it uh, absorb a little bit of the movement in the house. And that makes it perfectly flat. That's why sometimes bathrooms have a little bit of a higher saddle. That's when why you my walk kitchen is two inches higher than yeah, the rest of the house. Uh -huh. So that's an opportunity for you if you want to do that. Of course, River Rock's an option as well. It's kind of cool. But, you know, it has certain areas where it fits well and other, where, other areas where it doesn't. Now, Tom, when you're doing a mud floor as mm -hmm. your base for tile, yes. do you use that as your mastic, or do you let that set and then put a tile adhesive on top no, of that? No, you let that set and dry, be completely dry, and then you use a, a thin set adhesive on top of that, and then it adheres it to the mud floor. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, it's a lifetime floor where you do it, you do it right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's gorgeous. And Terry, the River Rock, I mean, it's beautiful. You can purchase it from a variety of vendors. I've seen it at home centers. I've seen it online. I think when I got it, I bought it online because this was a few years back before it was kind of, you know, a mainstay in the trend. Well, I'm going to do it. Everyone thought I was crazy. But, it's gorgeous. You know, I moved to this small town a few years ago and because I like the, the, the land. And I found this old house, and I've been working on it for years, but I, I think that would be beautiful. Well, go with your gut, uh, Terry. You'll definitely be the talk of the town. <laughs> I already am. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Terry, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Rod in Nebraska is calling with a flooring question. What can we do for you today? I was wondering what we could put on your laminate floor to make them shine more. Hmm, laminate floor, huh? Yes. 
I didn't know if there was a varnish you could put on them or something like that. No, 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 no. You can't varnish them. You can only clean them. Okay. What's the best purpose for that? Um, do you know offhand the manufacturer? I mean, is this something that you put in, or or was it yeah, exist? I, I put. I bought it from uh, uh, like Lowe's, Menard, something like that, and I put it in myself. Okay. Is it their own brand, or is it like Armstrong, or? T-A-R-K-E-T-T. Yeah, Tarquette is actually a good brand, and they have a cleaning solution that's specifically designed uh, for their floor. It's called the Tarquette Sure Shine Cleaning Solution. And if you just go to Google and uh, type in Tarquette Sure Shine Cleaning Solution, you're going to find dozens of stores that sell it. Okie dokie. That's what I'll <laughs> get on the computer and... See what I can find. All right. There you go. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Jane in Washington has a furnace that's acting up. What's going on? Uh, yes, my igniter went on my gas furnace, and I wanted to know how much I should pay to get it fixed if I'm going to be you know, overcharged. What's being overcharged? Do you have a service contract for your heating system? No, I don't. You know, yeah, I left it run It's about 15 years old, but I left it run out last year. Yeah, okay. Well, um, the, the biggest expense gonna be, is going to be the service call itself. And, you know, in your area, you're probably talking at least 100 bucks. I would think, for the guy to come out, you know, just to walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part itself, you know, shouldn't be that expensive. I, I would imagine the whole thing could be fixed for maybe a couple of hundred. You know what, Jane, it might even just be worth it, you know, once this is said and done, to renew your service contract. I'm a big believer in it. When we first bought our house, we did not have a service contract, and we had some major heating issues that year, and it cost a lot of money, and we had to wait a long time for somebody to come to the house. And with the service contract, which runs between two and 300 bucks for the year, you know, you can have somebody at your house for hours upon hours. Pretty much every part under the sun is covered. And, you know, for a nice tip at the end of the job, it's done, and it's done fast. And I never have to worry that if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and something goes on, you know, I can reach out. We have a 35-year-old boiler. Have you um, talked to your utility company about whether or not they have any kind of amnesty program? Because some companies will let you renew a service contract when something breaks down as long as you continue it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And have been a member for a while. Yeah, you might want to ask that question. Yeah, I've had it since, I mean, I've had it forever, and then I thought, oh, you know, I just... Well, tell them it was an oversight, and tell them that you've had it for a long time, and you didn't realize it had run out, and, you know, as luck would have it, uh, you know, you have a breakdown, and and see if they can help you address it. Okay, thank you very much. Doesn't hurt to ask. I'm going to try that. No, I'm going to try it. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, refinishing your floors can be one smelly, messy job, but it's one that is less so if you choose a green finish. We're going to have tips on how you can do just that next. It is brought to you by SnowblowersDirect.com. Thinking about getting a snowblower? Check out SnowblowersDirect.com's interactive buying guides, recommendations, and customer reviews. 
Snowblower experts are available to help you pick the perfect snowblower. Visit snowblowersdirect.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. You know, we know many of you like to build wood projects. Maybe you love to finish wood and make beautiful things. And if you do, you're probably very familiar with something called tongue oil. In fact, it's an ancient method of protecting and sealing wood dating as far back as the 14th century. And today, that very same ingredient, tongue oil, is used for its natural qualities and its green sensibilities. And one company in particular has been using this ingredient in stains and finishes for 100 years. Here to tell us about that is Kelly Hawkins Schaffner. Kelly is the vice president and fourth generation leader of Waterlocks Coatings. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for having me. So you literally have grown up with uh, tongue oil, haven't you? <laughs> I have. I have. You could say that it keeps us young. <laughs> Not too many people can say that. Well, Waterlocks was actually uh, created, as I understand it, by uh, your great-grandfather back in 1910. That's some story. That's correct. Uh, Waterlocks, back in 1910, was founded by my great-grandfather, R.L. Hawkins Sr. Back then, we were named the Empire Varnish Company. And as Leslie indicated, Waterlocks back then discovered the values of tongue oil and incorporated it into our formulas. Uh, For the most part, we produce our handmade formulas the exact same way today, 100 years later. We are still a family-owned U.S. company, and my father, Jay Hawkins, is the current CEO, and he's worked at Waterlocks for over 35 years. That is so great to hear, especially Mm -hmm. um, in this day and age. Now, we asked you to be on the program because uh, Tongue is actually a very, very green finishing solution and we're all very interested in being environmentally friendly these days and 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 also being very conscious of our environmental footprint talk to us about uh how what tongue oil is how it works and why it's a good finish for lots of wood projects around the house um well the tongue oil is pressed from the nut of the tongue tree and of course the tongue tree is indigenous to china and south america um and the studies show that of all the drying oils such as soya oil linseed oil odysseca and other Tongue oil has the best penetrating characteristics. So finishes containing tongue oil can produce a penetrating coating that remains elastic and will not darken with age. That's something that we typically have to deal with because, you know, when you use the old varnish finishes, they turn yellow pretty quickly Mm. because of all of the UV exposure. But tongue oil doesn't do that? Correct. The reason that a lot of the old oils yellow over time is because they contain linseed oil. Mm-hmm. Linseed oil is pressed from the, from the flaxseed, which is very available in the United States, and most U.S. coatings are made from the flaxseed. So that's why you'll see those coatings yellow over time, because most of them are based in linseed oil. Now, do you all press your own oil from the nuts, or do you receive the oil in oil form? We actually receive the oil in oil form. Um, that was just so interesting to me. I'm like amazed that this grows in China. It has such wonderful properties, and your family has done a wonderful job of incorporating this into the stains and finishes. Now, are you able to achieve different colors, different types of sheen using the tongue oil, or are you limited to a certain style of finish? Well, tongue oil itself, um, and I guess I should also preface this by saying, you know, tongue oil is one of the main ingredients in our products. Mm -hmm. We add to that phenolic resin, which is a man-made resin. Um, Back in the day, it used to be used to make utensil handles and and pot and pan handles and ashtrays and buttons. 
So ours is a resin-modified tongue oil, which is different from other tongue oils that you might see on the market, you know, 100% tongue oil or, or something of that nature. And so you're going to get what we call a natural patina color of the wood. It's actually going to bring out the beauty of the wood, and it's not going to look really sort of plasticky or have sort of a, a surface finish, if you will, okay. which you get from surface finishes like polyurethanes mm-hmm. or waterborne urethanes. Got it. Um, we, Waterlocks doesn't actually make any products with colorants in them, but they do go over top of um, any, you know, a, an old-fashioned oil-based stain, for example. Um, and we do manufacture three different sheen levels. Are you able to apply this? I, I know so many more manufacturers are creating water-based stains. Can you sort of mix the two and put this on top of a water-based stain, or do you really need to stick with an oil-based no, water or oil will work. You just want to try to stick with um, a stain that's going to allow the pores to still be available so that water lacks can penetrate. So, you know, typically we suggest something other than a gel-type stain mm-hmm. or a stain that would have a film former in it. Any tips or tricks to how to get, you know, the perfect finish? Do you want to go several coats sanding in between or, you know, do you just go with one? It'll depend on the, the project that's being done and the species of wood that's being finished. Um, you know, if it's a wood floor, for example, which is Waterlocks' largest market, you'd have somewhere between three and four coats of finish. And, you know, an oak, for example, which is, an, which is a harder wood, would be three coats at 500 square feet per gallon per coat. A pine or a dug fir and some American cherry, because it's a softer wood, would have one more coat mm-hmm. or four total coats for the finish. Well, very interesting. Kelly Hawkins Schaffner, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. The company is called Waterlocks Coating. Kelly is a fourth generation member of the family that started this company way back in the year 1910. And look, you were way ahead of your time because uh, today everyone is, wants, wants to do green, and you guys have been doing green now for 100 years. Well, thanks so much for having me again. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Kelly. Thanks so much for stopping mm-hmm. by the Money Pit. If you'd like more tips on Waterlocks Coating, you can go to their website at waterlocks.com. That's waterlox.com. All right, still ahead, we've got a great way to get fresh produce all year round. We're going to teach you how to create an indoor container garden next. You live in a body pit. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at 888-MONEYPIT. We are going to help you get all of your home improvement projects done. All right, we're going to keep you to one question when you call in. But if you've got more, we'll give you follow-ups. And we will help you get all of those projects done. But one lucky caller this hour is going to win a great prize. We're giving away a liquid wrench sample pack. And it includes five and a half ounce versions of the six most popular liquid wrench sprays. Now, this is really a must-have for your toolbox. You're always going to have the right wrench for every job. And the liquid wrench sample six pack retails for about 20 bucks. Yours for free if you're our lucky caller this hour. And it's available nationwide at Lowe's and many other major retailers. Well, lots of us do our own form of container gardening, like houseplants, but container gardening is not just limited to these decorative elements. With the right light, the right soil, and the right pot, 
You can grow herbs and even some vegetables all year long. That's right. You're going to need a location, though, with good lighting. Sometimes you have to have as much as six hours of direct sunlight a day for certain vegetables to grow and thrive. You're also going to need room for these containers because they're going to be about 18 inches in diameter, and some of them are going to be about 18 inches deep. Now, watering is important, too, so you're going to need to sort out some sort of drainage system. You can actually get mini greenhouses available online these days, and with more people container gardens, You know, seed companies are working on vegetables specifically bred for containers to be grown indoors. So if fresh veggies sound great to you in the middle of winter, why not give it a try? I mean, what what are you going to lose? Give it a month to get a fruit. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Let's get back to those phones. Leslie, who's next? Jocelyn in Utah is looking to put her house on the market and wants to revamp her kitchen cabinets. How can we help? I have 1970s cabinets. They're really, really dark. I've started taking the varnish off. Now I don't know what else to do with them. <laughs> okay. A friend of mine told me to the them and crackle, but I'm not sure. I would like to resell the house, and I want the best look possible, and I don't know what type of paint to use. All right. Are you at a point where the old cabinet is ready to accept a new treatment, or do you still need some more work there? I still, um, I'm still working on them. I have half a kitchen to go, but I'm ready to start at least on the part that's bare wood now. Okay. Um, crackling is a really nice effect. What you can do with a crackle paint is you would paint a base color, and it can be something in a similar tone. It can be something super contrasty, like you could do a chocolate brown and then the crackle paint and then a white on top of that, so it gets an interesting sort of contrast underneath that crackle. It is a very specific look, and if you're dealing with a kitchen that sort of has a vintagey country feel, it could be very nice. I think a big trend that we're seeing in kitchen design are super light, very clean cabinets. So I think if you have an opportunity to paint the cabinets a beautiful tone of a white or a vanilla, you know, something in that off whitish area, just to kind of make the kitchen space pop and feel bigger and feel much cleaner, I think that's going to be very successful. Plus, a neutral space is very nice. And if you're having a hard time with some of the doors, you might want to think about replacing maybe two of the doors, maybe in a key area along the the line of cabinets with something that has a glass front also just to sort of break up the space and give it something a little bit more focal pointed or featurey in that line of cabinets. That sounds neat. (laughs) It's a nice project and if you take the doors off make sure that you label everything so you know exactly which door and which drawer front go where and leave the hinges on one of the items either on the door or on the cabinet box itself so this way you know exactly what goes where you're not readjusting screws you know put some painter's tape on the back side of the cabinet door and on the inside of the cabinet box and put like door a so you know where things go and okay. get it done, Jocelyn. And think of the good think of the good things about how much money you're gonna save on takeout food when you get the kitchen done. I know, I'm tired of eating out. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Nikki in New York, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Hi. Um, I have a question about uh, banging and clanging in my walls when the heat is on. <laughs> is it uh, poltergeist? Do you have ghosts? <laughs> Hey, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so does it happen when your heat first comes on or goes off? Um, you know, the heating system is not on any kind of heating schedule. It's right. just um, these, you know, units 
and we control them. So they're never touched, actually. They mm. ma- they're maintained at a certain degree, and that's right. it. But at night, uh, it seems to happen. So mm-hmm. it's not like... Well, is it a hot air heating system, Nikki? Forced air? Uh, yes. Okay. It's, uh, so a baseboard... Yep. Well, no, no. Now, if it's a baseboard, it's not forced air. If it's if it's okay. baseboard, it's probably hot water. Right. Okay. Sorry. Hot water. Yeah, that's okay. Right. Well, it's important because if it's a forced air system, the banging can be caused by one thing, and if it's hot water, it's 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 different. Um, if it's forced air, for those that have forced air that are listening to this call, very often you get something called oil canning where the heating system goes on and fills up the duct system like a balloon, and then the ducts expand and pop and make a noise, and you can reinforce the ducts with strips of metal on the outside to stop that from happening. With a hot water system, you either have, uh, let's see, baseboard, so it's probably not steam. What's probably happening here is you've got some pipes that are inserted through the walls to get to the radiators. And what happens is when the heat comes on, the pipes expand and they rub against the studded wall. They rub against the wall where it comes through. And as a result of that, you get this really loud creaking sound that resonates throughout all of the pipes and amplifies itself. So the solution there is to try to trace the hot water lines where they're coming through the walls. And there's like a plastic bushing that can go around the pipe and sort of acts like a lubricant in in, in a way that when the pipe heats up and expands, it doesn't drag across the dry wood and make that horrible banging sound. Okay, sounds like a solution. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Money pit. I don't think Nikki was that confident in my solution. Mm-mm. But it'll work. Try it. I think she wanted there to be a poltergeist. <laughs> you are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Coming up, we've got ideas for changing the look of a dated kitchen countertop without the work and without the expense of replacing it. You gotta love that, so stick around. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888 Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are so thrilled to see that so many of you are posting your questions to us in the new community section over at moneypit.com. It really is a great way for all of our listeners to connect with each other, share their own tips and ideas. And it's also a place where we can welcome guest bloggers. And we would love to see your before and after photos of all the projects you're working on. So check it out. Post your photos. Write a tip. Give some people advice. We're happy to see what everybody's working on so make sure you check out the community section of moneypit.com and while you're there post your question let us know what you're working on and we can give you a hand and i've got a post here from quina who writes is it possible to paint laminate type countertops and what would i use well it's certainly possible to paint them and there's actually a number of paints out right now that work for laminate countertops mm-hmm. it really depends on what you want the finish look to be you know rust-oleum has a counter paint product it comes in a quart it comes in about 12 or 15 maybe solid colors it's a it's a two or three step process it takes several days to cure but once it dries it dries hard as a rock modern masters has one that is a granite finish it really depends on how crafty and how much you want to spend up front but it it could be an easy project just make sure you follow the directions and you'll have a great job now i've got a post here from double mommy is her username and double mommy says i recently had a small kitchen fire confined to my toaster oven and had to use the fire extinguisher. The combination of smoke and chemical smell has not dissipated from the house. 
what can I do to clear the air? Wow. The problem with smoke is that it gets into every piece of everything. It gets into mm-hmm. the cabinets. It gets into the clothes. It gets it into everything. It even gets everything. into the filler on your upholstery. Right. You, you really need, um, in terms of the kitchen, probably to repaint the walls because the walls tend to be very absorbent. And what I would do is I would recommend that you use a good oil-based primer. And then also make sure that you take everything out of the cabinets and clean them very thoroughly. And those two things, I think, will take care of the smell in that area. All right. And be careful with that toaster oven double, Mommy. She had her hands full with two I can kids. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, January is officially Bath Safety Month, and although there seems to be a month devoted to awareness for just about every problem, <laughs> this one certainly deserves some attention. Falls at home injure millions of Americans every year, and Leslie has some tips on how to prevent those accidents in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, there's a bunch of simple things that you can do very inexpensively in your bathroom at home that's going to make it a lot safer. First of all, you want to make sure that you use a non-slip mat or even just install those adhesive safety strips or even the decals in your bathtubs and your showers. And if you do use a bath mat on the floor, make sure you choose one that has a non-skid bottom on the underside so that when you do step out of the shower, it doesn't go slippy sliding across your tile floor. You also can install grab bars in your bathroom bath or even in your shower stalls. Don't use regular towel racks or wall-mounted soap dishes as grab bars because they are not installed to support that amount of weight or pressure. I mean, they're pretty much just, you know, band-aided onto the wall, not meant to really hold on to. If you're going to use a grab bar, those things get really installed properly, very deeply into the studs on the wall, and they will support a lot of weight. So don't just grab whatever is there if it's not actually a grab bar. Next, you want to make sure that you keep the floor clean and dry. If anything happens to spill on the floor, make sure you clean them up, whether it's grease or water or oils or soaps, just get that up off of the floor right away. If you use throw rugs in your bathroom or even anywhere in your home, you want to make sure that you place them over a rug liner or choose rugs that come with non-skid backings. This is going to reduce your chance of slipping, which really is a very common trip and fall hazard. So just watch the rugs around your house. If you need some more ideas on making your whole house safer, why not check our article Preventing Falls at Home at MoneyPit.com. Coming up next week on The Money Pit, we are heading to the site of the latest This Old House renovation. It is the final shoot day, and we will be there to capture it all. It's a home on the banks of the Charles River near Boston, and we'll be talking to the entire This Old House team. Don't miss another great wrap party edition of This Old House and The Money Pit next time on the program. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 